Hi, welcome to Wired Souls, where we discuss about the intersection between art and tech. My name is Miguel, musician, and also have a big passion for communication and tech. My colleague Joe, entrepreneur in the tech industry and ex-venture capitalist, and finally Fel, digital artist and mad hacker scientist. We're here to guide you through the ever-changing waves of how creators make amazing art through technology. Without further ado, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wired Souls. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. What about you? Pretty good, pretty good. It was a, a good week. I started lifting at the gym. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, oh real? Yeah, yes. <laughs> For okay. the first time. Damn, I saw you yesterday on, on Slack with your, your emoji that you were at the gym. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> first time ever you go to the gym? Like, no, I, I actually used to run a lot. So I did a half marathon in 2018. Nice. Then I got sick of it because <laughs> it was so much training for the half marathon, so I stopped. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always running, but it's the first time that I start waiting. Uh, uh, lift, yeah, waiting. Yeah. It's funny. I'm starting this week to train for my first uh, half marathon. Actually, oh yeah, Ben actually luck. sent me <laughs> sent me a plan yesterday, and uh, it's starting next week. So I still have a week to train. Like I want to. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. But you did a 10k, didn't you? Yeah, I did my first 10k three weeks ago. Cool. So how was it? Uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. I didn't. I wasn't prepared accordingly because mm. I, I was always training on the, the the evening. Yeah. After having like two meals throughout the day, and the race was uh, in the morning. It was my first time run, running that long mm. in the morning. So I cramped up at like five k, and I had to to walk a ah, bit. Ah, you felt uh, you know, kind of the lack of energy in your body. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just uh, I just cramped up, and I couldn't even. Like jog, so I had to walk for like oh. a kilometer or two, I think. And what matters is uh, improving every race. Yeah, and I still yeah. made it to the end. So yeah, good job, man. Good job, and the proteins too. <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> I'm realizing that now because I'm a vegetarian, so protein is like Damn. kind of a big deal. Yeah. Okay, perhaps you're a vegetarian, so proteins are important, but I think proteins are way Over overstated. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, like uh, even feel like he has like a high protein diet. <laughs> I think protein is way too advertised when it comes to the nutrients you should be having in your body uh, compared to other stuff that you should you know actually make sure to have um we can have like a full pot on that <laughs> <laughs> but i think uh, there's you know lots of uh, stuff being pushed around like having proteins in everything that you yeah. eat you know in your bars and whatsoever and not all the proteins you're gonna are extract you know 90% of it because there's only so much you can kind of keep it in depends. yourself it depends on the on the source actually one protein is an equal uh, yeah protein. yeah so interesting okay very good point we should definitely talk about it at some point <laughs> yeah no we can dive. I, I just think like people push proteins too much compared to other nutrients uh, that are as important like, less talked about do you have an example just of yeah like just making thing. sure you you eat like good omega-3 that you okay. have like vitamin c vitamin d like just those kind of you know a lot of people are lacking um i i, I want to say fair because that's what's in french yeah, but i iron. It's iron. called iron in English. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So yeah, like there's a bunch of things that people don't eat enough that are less talked about. And most people are not in protein like deficit compared to what we think. Yeah, compared to what So we cool. Think. What about you, Joe? Any <coughs> update from this past week? Yeah, my grandfather came from France uh, to visit the family yes. uh, for uh, a week. So he's actually leaving today, arrived last Tuesday, and it was amazing. Like we... Uh, He's a big judo grandmaster, so he's like seventh dad in judo. Wow. Uh, yeah, we all my family trained judo in big part because of him. Uh, so I, I brought him to the TriStar gym where I train, and he was able to have a role with Ferraz, uh, <laughs> yes. who's like the head coach, so that's great. Showed a bunch of te techniques to people, like even stuff. You know, I've done judo for a very long time, and obviously did jiu-jitsu and wrestling for a very long time as well. But still, he's showing me details, showing me details that changes everything really? that I didn't know. Just the way, you know, you, you can actually use your hand on the neck to actually move up the shin just before you send attacks to have balance your opponents. You know, before I, I, I just to always move up from the neck to the top of the head to kind of have balance with my snap downs. But he's actually saying, take your hand from the neck and push the shin as you enter, you know, your lower body attacks, which is not something that a lot of people do. <clears throat> and lots of great small details like that that he showed me that, that was great. I also brought him to Picnic Electronic. <laughs> <just for him. laughs> That's awesome. We saw the video. Yeah, <laughs> he was 75. Video. He was like dancing on chairs and stuff. Like he's really athletic. No, it was great. And wow. he, so amazing. 
lots of restaurants as well. So it was it was great. I've had an amazing time having an amazing time with him. Precious moments. Yeah. And Fel is uh, soon uh, leaving us for vacation. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. What's the plan? Uh, there is no plan for now. Actually, like a, a few things. I'm gonna train hard for sure. Mm. I just got back into the gym weightlifting uh, a week ago because I stopped for for a month, I think. So I'm gonna train a lot. Probably read a lot. <laughs> I'm nice. reading a lot these days. Yeah. Just have a pile of books I want to go through. Nice. So I'm gonna try to to finish that, and uh, also probably gonna do some some camping here and there, just some uh, nice. some trips, uh, probably around Vermont, and uh, gonna spend some time in, in Rougemont as well. Okay. Next episode, we're gonna ask you a book recommendation. No, for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Think it's gonna be it. hard to only uh, give one. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you should give a list. Amazing, guys. <laughs> so let's uh, jump right into it. So. Um, Per usual, we're going to talk about the technology that we find uh, interesting and fascinating. Then we're going to talk uh, of an artist and we're going to end with a little debate. Um, I would say this week it's mostly talking about what's trending yeah. more than a debate. But yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, we similar. might disagree on a few things. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> we always do. As always. As usual. As always. <laughs> as always. All right. Yeah. Uh, so for the tech of the day, this one is a big one. So uh, kind of a steer away but not a full one from our usual uh, talking about open source stuff. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about Runway ML. Uh, so Runway ML, I would say, is pretty much the top player when it comes to AI-powered video generation. Um, there's a bunch of others. Uh, you know, Decrypt has, has a lot of AI stuff for videos. Lumen5 as well. Um There's a bunch, but Runway ML is really like the most known. And I would like to venture in saying like the most used uh, video powering uh, ML tool. So um, a little bit about what the tech does and then some uh, few points about its history as well, which I think is interesting. But if you're a creator and you want to create an AI powered video, uh, that's usually the place where we will recommend you to start. Uh, it's super easy. You can either use a prompt or you can use a base image. And mm -hmm. then from those, you can kind of expand uh, in, in creating kind of a short film if you want. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the project started actually a while back, uh, back in December 2018. Uh, it, it was actually part of the research thesis of the founder uh, when he was at university. Um, And the model, just business model, uh, was actually pretty different back then compared to what it is now. So back then they had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of different models okay. trained on different set of images. Uh, and people could take those models to do stuff with them. So you, you would have a model trained on like 16th century uh, faces images or, you know, paintings. And then another model trained on like... Um, You know, a bunch of stuff like, um, you know, zoos uh, and then another model trained on like forest and stuff like that. And so you could actually start from those base models to kind of extrapolate videos from this huge library. And, and people were like uploading a lot of things on the on the on the platform. And it actually grew quite a lot today. It's very different. Uh, it's mostly based on stable diffusion. Um, and actually uh, someone from that team. Uh, the head researcher of that team was part of the group that drafted the initial pa paper for stable diffusion. Okay. So um, it's a team that created like this video AI powered video editing, uh, editing and creation tool. Uh, but that also, you know, does some very deep research stuff. Uh, and they were there, you know, to draft like the first version of uh, stable diffusion, which we, you know, all the open source community kind of love and uses. Um, Quick historical side notes, uh, but there, there was actually some, I don't know how much I could venture into saying bad blood, uh, but definitely some um, disagreement when it comes to uh, the way stable diffusion was actually developed for the next iteration of the, of the model where, uh, you know, this kind of researcher was actually part of the initial team uh, who participated in the first stable diffusion. But it seemed that, Uh, people from Runway ML has kind of walked away, you know, from the further release. There was actually kind of a paper communicated, you know, attribution with open source model is, is sometimes tricky. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there's kind of an, an history there. But I think the key takeaway is 
people from Runway ML are very strong technically. They were there like uh, at the inception of that tool. Um, in how to use it, you know, things that I found pretty interesting. Uh, it's hard to really give a prompt and expect to have like a full story and create something. You know, sometimes you have flickiness in the images for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the frame rates, you know, frame consistency. Those are kind of challenges that you see and that are kind of to be expected. Uh, but you definitely like fill them. If you if you try to give a prompt and, and have like a full storyline first, you know, the duration is kind of limited. So they have multiple tiers uh, when it comes to pricing. They have like a free version. Then they have like the 12 bucks version and the 28 bucks version. Uh, what comes in those is obviously varying level of credits, uh, how many videos you can actually create. Uh, but other kind of big difference is just the size, you know, how much uh, you can have. So you can have like 100 gigabytes of assets in the 12 bucks one, 500 gigabytes of assets in the bigger one. Um, you know, different exporting as well. Uh features and and size that you can do yeah and i think those are kind of the bigger ones bigger difference from like a pricing standpoint but uh, you know i invite people to you can try it for free anyway so you should you should try it up for sure um yeah so i've obviously played with them and a few others uh hard to create a long-form video uh but what i found to to be working very well and there's actually quite a bunch of videos on youtube is you create uh, you know a bunch of short clips and you kind of put them together mm-hmm. with different frames, different scenes that don't need you to have like a main character kind of being consistently represented across different spaces, uh, and that works well as you juxtapose them. So you could have like you know one of the example is like a Dracula you know vampire mm-hmm. castle. You basically start with the castle and a hill, and then someone opening a door, and then you know some a vampire sitting at the table and then you basically construct your scene you know which more smaller clips like that and then then it works really well you can do some cool. pretty cool stuff um and the fact that you can start with images as well is pretty cool because you can take as the base image one of the frames from that initial video that you created so you can have some consistency in style as you build out stuff so obviously people are going to come up with like tons of tips and tricks i think there's already yeah. a bunch of stuff out there but you can definitely create nice videos um so runway ml is great uh and the um companies that have used it there's a bunch but some pretty known ones uh, cbc has done something with it okay uh yeah i think i have a few names there so ogilvy has done something with it uh the new york uh, yankees have done something with it um vix vox has done something with it new balance has done something with it i'm pretty sure you know they are using it uh, but they're also spending quite a lot of time editing, you know, not mm-hmm. using kind of the base, you know, AI render as the, the core piece for everything. Oh, yeah. But still, it's a great way to kind of get started. Um, last point I'll say on, on kind of runway ML is just, to me, they're like the um, a good representation of a company operating in the Gen AI space. Um, so it, they've been around for a while, like December 2018, it's already five years. Um so far, they've raised almost 80, 90 million of capital. Uh, last round was actually a 50 million round led by Felicis at $500 million, uh, $500 million valuation. The previous one, I think, was around 30 at a $200 million valuation. Um, and, and yet the company is doing, you know, annualized revenues of perhaps a million. Uh, so it gives you kind of an idea of the multiples or kind of, talking about um super expensive right Mm -hmm. to invest in these companies there's a tons of hype it seems uh, obviously Uh, and how big of a kind of a financial opportunity can that really be is up for debate especially with you know other bigger well-funded players like you know nvidia and even adobe you know potentially Mm -hmm. moving into that area um so nonetheless very interesting company very nice tool that's usable kind of today um yeah that's pretty much it i invite anyone to kind of try it and check it up one thing that i i truly find uh fascinating about this product is also the diversity in the different tools that they have Mm -hmm. you can actually play with video but you can actually also play with image also saw an option yesterday to play with um um audio as well yeah there is an option to cut silence and audio so do you think that a part of the hype around the product is also due to the diversity of offer uh, well, I, I think editing functionalities is um, 
is cool, like it's needed. You need that integrated in that product, but it's table stakes. Like there's a million video editing tool. Well, you would know that better than me, Phil, but I don't think there's any proprietary tech into that. Uh, although the fact that you're talking about like AI powered ways of editing, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the cool, uh, yeah. a new part. But yeah, like for sure in, in a comprehensive like product offering, you want as a creator to be able to go there and do everything from one place. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And it mm -hmm. does feel like a complete suite of tools, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it shows that they've been around for, for a few years, you know, like it's all AI powered and you can do like so much with it already. So truly I it, amazing. I think it's going to be interesting yeah. to see if, uh, if they compete in the long run with, uh, with Nvidia, with uh, Adobe and with yeah. all the big players. I'm super curious to have your take uh, as a filmmaker, Val. Uh, how did it feel to play with the tool? I did play with the video to video, which was mm -hmm. super fun. And mm. I think it's a super fast way to get like super stylized results with like basic video. So you could basically act your your scene. You know, it could be like you walking on a sidewalk with like nothing behind and then you just feed it through that tool and you can get like a, a whole new universe. So I think it's a nice, uh, nice practice or just a nice workflow. It makes me think about like your runaway is more about like finding your your workflow and how you yeah. craft it you know like you find your starting point and then how you go from that and yeah. get your result and I, i feel it's super different uh, which run away than with uh, with other yeah. tools cool it was interesting because i tried the product and to me it's so far is the most impressive product i've tried um that we talked about during the pod um well yeah that's your Yeah, I guess because of the video. Of uh, the video, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> but when you say the UX and like how easy it was, just with the studio. Exactly, but the things like since I'm, you know, I'm also into video for for you listeners. Um, I do music, but I also like playing with videos, and I just find AI generative AI with videos impressive because I think to me it's like, I don't know, images were were already impressive, but the idea of doing something that moves and you know also the emotional aspect of it, like it it's. There is so much more happening when you watch a video, right? And I found I found it super interesting. Where I was very surprised is to see all the other things that they offer, the other options that they offer. So I also played with the photo editing tool. I put a photo of mine and I, I asked the, the tool to like expand the photo. I was so impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a photo of me in, you know, in the snow in the middle of um, the forest. And it did such a great job <laughs> at giving me a cute yellow jacket. Did it, did it <laughs> add things? Did it add things around you? Sorry. Sometimes you you do that and it starts adding things, like super yeah. random stuff. Yeah. But I was actually <laughs> so impressed how much it, it really got it. And you know, I started asking myself all these questions about how does it understand the context? How does it understand my body type? Just based on my face, you know, <laughs> it's just so impressive. No, yeah. no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Well, you know, it's data, right? It yeah. stands up previous image. It would be funny, like you expand that image. It starts with like a picture of you at your desk, and then it expands back, and it's like someone with a knife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the uh, okay, cool. Well, we talked about it. Runway email. Go check it up. Um, you know, amazing project. I think it's the latest one. You know, leading one when it comes to uh, AI powered. Yeah, video generation and, and edit, editing. Okay. Also, great job on the UI UX experience. It's pretty good. Sure. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Super, yes. intuitive. Super intuitive. And if you want to see like a really great project made with Runway, you can search for one Runway Studios on YouTube. They made some some short films with it and it's uh, super cool. Nice. Okay, cool. Yes. Amazing. Should we talk about the artist? Yeah, go ahead. Let's Miguel, go. You want to intro that artist? Yeah. I'm going to introduce that, that artist. So basically, it the name is uh, Gerde Got It. <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> How would you pronounce it, Phil? Uh, Gerge got it. Yeah. Gerde. Perfect. So, <laughs> this artist started actually a couple of years ago. I think first post was in 2021. And he started posting a lot of different things. He's a film filmmaker. Um, and he started experimenting a bit with AI, generative AI videos. And at the beginning, I don't think he had this style that he has now. It was a lot of different things, animation. Uh, and now... Maybe probably a couple of months um, ago, he started posting videos from influencers. So like dance videos and transforming the videos with AI and making uh, them into Greek statues. And he actually grabbed so much attention uh, doing that. And people are really loving it. Um, I mean, it was a long evolution, but lately uh, his one of his latest posts got 50 million views. Uh, on Instagram, 
and even got a comment from uh, Elon Musk on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seems like one of the things that strikes me with his creation is, again, I feel like people are really enjoying when AI celebrates um, human history. And the fact that he's taking Greek statues and making it contemporary in a way is really is touching people, I feel. And I see that in the comments. I even see haters that are like, yeah, but you should make traditional Greek dances and stuff. People really care about what it reminds them of and the history aspect of it. So sorry for bringing that point every week, but it's just <laughs> crazy to see that the viral things, art, um, content is very often linked to human history and uh, emotions and memories. And yeah. people can say, oh, I, I understand this. I know where it comes from. I know what it is. And it seems like it, it really triggers joy in them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that says about our, our culture in the, the era of content creation. You know, you just start seeing like some, some not weird, but some special combination of like the Greek statues with the, 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 the influencers dancing. And, <laughs> and it's like film with AI and it's a totally new results. And yeah. I feel it's <laughs> just the beginning of like weird mixes that we're going to see. Yeah, I, I think it's very cool because it's like uh, bringing to life things that, that couldn't exist in that, you know, statue is like the symbol of being static, right? And, and, mm. and not being able to move. And he's bringing, you know, dance, which is the symbol of movement. Uh, yeah. Wow. So it's like That's merging, nice. you know, staticity and, and movement. It's also bringing very modern dances to yes. old statues. So there's like a clash in movement, a clash in time, uh, which I think those two things combined really creates like the artist, this style. Uh, I think that's why this video is kind of, uh, it makes you react because you're used to seeing this whole thing as being static and classical. And now it's it's modern and it's moving. And so it's a, it's a new way to kind of interact with, with this thing that you thought you knew, uh, which I think is cool. Obviously, from like a pure um, uh, <clears throat> growth act standpoint, I would say mm -hmm. the fact that he's using non-influencers as move yeah, to kind of sure. power these statu statues uh, is a great way to kind of accelerate just the knowledge and the awareness. Uh, you know, as long as, you know, you could do the same thing with someone that doesn't know, you know, that knows how to dance but is not uh, famous. And I don't think that... The, the project would have, you know, had the same kind of traction. So obviously that's great. Uh, I think it's a it's a great growth hack, uh, mm -hmm. to be frank, to, to, to kind of help the thing move. And obviously the the fact that, uh, you know, Elon kind of commented on it <laughs> is a great way to to kind of get more awareness around it. Uh, you know, once once he comments on one of your pictures, it's your... It's your <laughs> It's your time to shine. Uh, and you already had an amazing bank of content. So yeah. people like discovered the profile and it True. was great. It was so great. I think it's really cool. I think the, the artist really found a style mm -hmm. that resonates, as you've said, with people. I think the, the contrasting aspect and nature with uh, what we're used to makes the AI shine. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, again, allowing stuff that couldn't really be made before to kind of exist. So I yeah. think the artist is using AI in a very creative and, and cool way. Yeah, an interesting thing also is that he partner, like he creates a partnership in the publication um, of uh, of any pieces he put on Instagram. Basically, he would tag the artist and say co-created, which is something that I find very good and interesting also as well, um, because it shows the collaboration of yeah both artists plus the machine. I wonder if he asked them before. Yeah. Uh, as you've said, you know, we've kind of talked about this. You know, when you do cover. Uh, yeah. of a song you don't really ask right no. you can tag and I think it's fine I think it's yeah. fine to just go ahead and, and kind of tag and if the artist wants you to take it down then you, you just take it exactly. down like there is no harmful intent being done here uh, other than perhaps yeah if you like it as an artist you can kind of comment you can share it if you don't you can ask to take it down exactly like, uh, and obviously, obviously it also so clearly give credit to the artist uh, when you tag them so clearly on on the on the yeah publication so i think he's doing a really great job at this um and also showing that you know ai art can be a, again a great celebration of <laughs> people's art um I, i'm curious to have your take guys on the more on the technical uh, aspect of the videos something that i find probably that it's kind of the style that they're trying to make with these videos but it's funny that the background changes all the time i they're think like, it's a it's a it's purposeful I think okay. they, yeah, I think they want that. It's like okay. part of the DNA of the thing, because they could they could 
stabilize uh, it, right? Yeah, they could stabilize it. They could stabilize it. Uh, even if you use runway ML, um, there's actually one feature that allows you to make you know the background flickier or not flickier and just you know have it more stable as mm. you kind of create those uh, those videos. It's a it's a parameter that you can play with. They're in the instructional. They kind of give you the details on how totally. to because you also see the subject that is very stable and has kind of a, even though sometimes you know you can see abs in the back. I don't know if you saw these <laughs> comments with so many. People. You don't have those because you just started weightlifting. I do. Damn. Wait a few months. <laughs> I do. Wait a few months. <laughs> oh, that's why. Okay, I didn't know it was possible. Thank you guys. But yeah, you can see like obviously there there are a couple glitches, right? But again, I think it's a part of the style. I think it's and it actually it. adds something to the style. Yeah. He's using, uh, well, he's been doing the hashtag Disco Diffusion. Yeah. Uh, so probably he's using Disco Diffusion. Uh, and Disco Diffusion is pretty cool. Uh, so it's great to, pretty impressive in generating abstract art with vivid colors and sometimes mad blowing image composition and details. So in the show note, we'll actually link a medium paper mm-hmm. um, uh, that compares the output with the same prompt from stable diffusion, which we just talked about uh, in the context of runway ML and disco diffusion. And I must say, the disco diffusion images look amazing. I mean, we'll share that, but look at that. This is the prompt stable diffusion, disco diffusion, stable diffusion, disco diffusion, stable diffusion, disco diffusion. So you can see like the artsy nature of it is quite crazy. I think it looks amazing to be oh. frank. I'm going to use it more and more. We should uh, try to use it uh, for some prompts uh, mm-hmm. for the Instagram page of Loom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really, really cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, for our listeners, if you want to play around with Disco Diffusion, I think you could have some pretty cool uh, results. I'm curious to have your take, guys, as you know, you obviously play a lo- with a lot of different tools. For any listeners who want to experiment with video creations, what, what would be your tips? Like, which tools would you recommend yeah, like for video creation, played with a few, like Lumen5, Visla, InVideo, um, obviously Runway ML, uh, Decrypt, you can play with them a little bit as well. Like to me, Runway ML is really like the top one. This is the one you should kind of start playing with right now. Uh, you should keep an eye out for whenever NVIDIA Picasso comes out. This is going to be interesting. Um, and then uh, as you play with it, I would say you spend perhaps... 20 minutes playing with it, but very quickly go on YouTube uh, and check out some tutorials because okay. to me, it's been day and night in understanding how to actually use well these things. Uh, there's one cool, we can link in the show notes after, uh, a cool tutorial that I encourage people to watch, especially focused on like runway mail. So yeah, go, don't, don't, no need to test out like a ton. Go on runway mail, make sure to watch a few videos and then play around. It's not expensive. You can just start like with the base budget and you can generate like a bunch of images. Yeah, I would say maybe also don't be afraid or just don't wait to get a good camera. Just go out there with your phone, <laughs> film stuff. You know, you can film a, a bug on the floor and use that to feed in the AI. You can even, you know, uh, act a, a scene yourself and then use that as a starting point to create your, uh, yeah. your art piece. So I would say don't uh, don't wait to, to buy a camera or, you know, you have everything you need right now. Yeah. I'm sure you have a phone. You can do a prompt. Like you and you can, can do a prompt, yeah, yeah. True. yeah. True. But I feel it's cool to experiment with the filming and then go from that. True, true. Beautiful Very collaboration true. between the man and the machine. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's talk about the debate of the week. Would right. you like to introduce it, Joe? Yeah. Uh, all right. So first of all, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. Anyone listening to that, we're going to talk about the first episode of season six of Black Mirror. Uh, we will most certainly give spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then come back to that podcast. Okay, totally. So this is this has been done. Uh, now moving on. The um, Black Mirror franchise is a very well-known one. Uh, it's produced by Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix. And they like to uh, create in one-hour episode... Um, Films that makes you short films that makes you think very deeply about a topic, a societal topic. Uh, they like to shake your ideas, conception yeah. of the world, and stuff. So it, yeah, people like it. Obviously, they they're not at season six, and this first episode, um, which has been like put out like quite recently, 
uh, fits really well in the theme of this podcast, which is talking about the junction of tech and art and more specifically AI. And this was really kind of the core of the story. Um, so maybe I take like one, two minutes to explain like the overarching storyline and then we can start to, to dive into um, what we thought about this, what we think the nice conclusions are, what were they trying to make people think, you know, with this mm. uh, key learnings we can take from it as well. Anything, anything uh, broader as a takeaway that could be kind of taken. Basically, the storyline starts with uh, a main persona. Uh, her, her name uh, is Joan. That's Joan. Jo Joan, yeah, yeah. Joan. Uh, and basically, she wakes up, uh, talks to her uh, therapist, and then you know, basically says one key sentence that she doesn't feel like the main character of her own life. Um, she basically has a very cozy life, uh, a nice house. She's the boss at her home job. Um, she's not extremely kind with people at her job, but she's not that bad neither. Uh, she has a relationship, which we understand very well, very quickly. She She's not in love, right? Yeah. Deeply in love in her relationship. And so the episode goes and... Uh, she receives a text from her ex uh, asking to see her. She finally ends up seeing him, uh, and then she has a you know a, a relationship with him, uh, and that she she kissed. I think they they, they kissed. They, kiss, they yeah. only kissed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they only kissed. So they kiss, uh, and then she comes back home to her husband. She does feel really bad about that. Uh, she doesn't communicate anything about that. Then the husband wants to put something on the TV. He opens up the TV, and then what comes in? One comes up. Uh, it's a new show called Joan is Awful. Yeah. And the picture of that movie is like her. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> this is, well, it's not really her. It's an actor playing yeah. her. Uh, but the physical parallels are pretty obvious. Yeah, the hairstyle is the, the exact same. The exact same. The name is the same. Yeah. And the, the show starts... And it's actually her day kind of being relieved <laughs> all over again. Uh, and we're going to talk in our analysis about you know, some of the details of that. But it's not exactly her day. You know, the details yeah. are kind of mm. amplified a little bit in an interesting way. Uh, but it's really what happened to her in that specific day. So she takes the, the actor playing her, takes the car, listen to actually the exact same song, dance with the same yeah. song. She, it's become really clear to her that this is actually her day. Her day. Yeah. Uh, and what happens in her day, she cheated on her boyfriend. <laughs> so she's like freaking out. She's like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Like, oh, this reminds me of a story. Guys. Oh, <laughs> story. we want the story. All right, okay, listen to that. When I was, uh, so when I was younger, I used to work at a currency exchange uh, office. Okay. And uh, it was like a very chill job in that we were like two in the in the office and uh, it was a while ago. And uh, and on Sundays, Saturdays, like no one was coming. We were doing like <laughs> two transactions a day. And so uh, we were two for like security reasons because there was. Uh, and so at some point I went to take a nap <laughs> in the back <laughs> store. Okay. It was like a Sunday morning. I went out on like Saturday. So I took a nap and I went back to work. And my boss came that day and actually started watching the recording of the day. No Damn. way. I don't know why. I don't know what triggered him to do that. And I was like, man, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's coming. This person is watching the video. I know what this person is going to see in the next like five minutes. And it's not good for me. <laughs> and it wasn't good for me. And he watched the video. Yeah. So that was bad. And uh, uh, this. Whole thing just made me. Yeah, but did he see? Did he see you? Did he see yeah, you? Yeah, he see me. He was pissed. I, I, I was oh like sent home for that day, uh, and then you know, yeah, it wasn't great. Wow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, it's just not a great time. Not the worst time either. It was okay. Uh, Watch out survived. before taking a nap at work. But it was watching that video, and I knew what was coming. Just like Joan knew what exactly. was coming oh with, exactly. her, with her husband watching like a replay of her day, uh, <laughs> and obviously this happens, and the, the husband sees that she yeah. kind of kissed you know that person and. Uh, that's really bad, right? Because now you know uh, she he, he lives he lives her, 
and she goes to work and she ends up like losing her work as well. Like her life is kind of falling apart because of this specific series. Exactly. Uh, fast forward uh, on, on this kind of broader storyline, she decides to do something crazy to capture the attention of the actress playing her. Yeah. She says she has to relive everything I live. And so if I do crazy stuff, she'll have to do that crazy stuff as well. And then that could tarnish her image. So that would be a great way for me to get in touch with her. Um, so she basically decided <laughs> to... Job. A good job for telling Yeah, well, story. to go in a church and poop in a church, basically. After eating so many burgers. And yeah, exactly. So then her plan works. The actress comes to her in, in, in real life and says, what the fuck have you been doing? Like, yeah. you're... <laughs> destroying my image i don't yeah. want to do that but i don't have any choice she's like how come you don't have any choice and she's like i'm i'm not choosing what i'm playing I'm like a victim yeah i'm a victim i'm i'm i'm, I'm taking an hostage there uh, and, and one quick part of the story as well is it seems like there's nothing they can do because yeah. they agreed to the terms and conditions of this exactly. big bad company streaming company what's the name Stress strawberry Strum streamberry streamberry streamberry, yeah. streamberry. um And, and, and yeah, so basically, fast forward until the end, they decide to go at Streamberry's office uh, and then, you know, take down the, the whole program. And they realize and they learn, you know, from doing that, that actually what they thought to be reality was not reality. Joan, the main persona that we thought was kind of the base layer, was actually layer number one, uh, layer number two, which was a fiction. She was playing a character... Uh, interpreted, you know, with uh, the IP of a, of a real actress um, that was kind of seeing, hey, you're not living this. This is a movie. You're <laughs> the movie that watches our own movie yeah. kind of become a reality. And the main Joan was on one, la one layer under our that. layer. Uh, uh, yeah, our, our layer, exactly. Uh, so there's some um, inception type of layering totally. that needs to be drawn into that. Uh, and yeah, and then at the end of it, That's a real kind of spoiler, but she decides to break uh, the quantum computer that was making all of this possible. The truth is that she didn't make that decision. Base layer Joan made that decision. She mm -hmm. was actually reliving Base Joan's day. Uh, so she was actually kind of uh, no free will into that. She had to do it. Uh, and so movie ends. All the top layers are destroyed. We only have base, real, real life Joan layer. Um, she she basically had she she had she was convicted you know that was a crime she destroyed like the real computer uh, and she we we see her kind of live her relive her day um, she seems more happy uh, things are more tuned down and everything but that's yeah. that's that's the one on one of the of the of the one hour movie like obviously watch it but yeah. that's really like a, I think a quick overview any any big details I missed around the storyline that you think people should hear about, then we can dive into kind of analysis. Oh, a few details, but I think yeah, interesting to leave it uh, un untold. All right. So what are the lessons you think uh, Netflix wanted us to take away mm. from that uh, okay. from that movie? Um, I'm going to go with an like original the one. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to say the most obvious one because I think you guys are going to have an interesting take on them. But uh, I think one of them is artists and creators losing the bargaining power with big tech companies, obviously. Um, so in the in the episode, Salma Hayek is uh, playing basically the character who plays Joan in the first... Layer, layer number layer, two, top layer. Exactly, okay. top layer, basically. And uh, it's so interesting to see that usually in Hollywood culture or in any pop culture, you see the artist or the famous person having a lot of power, right? And they can, if they say stop this, they're going to stop this. And they kind of played an episode with this showing that even Salma Hayek is lo losing all her power and all her credibility and there is nothing she can do. Um, so I think it's interesting to ask the question, what is uh, identity for public figures in, in the time of AI, right? A very good point. Also important to mention, I, I omit this detail, but it's not really Salma Hayek playing it. It's the IP yeah. and the image of Salma Hayek. So Salma Hayek might be somewhere on the beach chilling. Exactly. It's just the AI render of who she is that's actually kind of playing that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
you could do a lot more movies as a creator because as an artist because it's just, it's just your image and you're kind of AI persona that's yeah. doing it. But yeah, the thing that you're saying, lost loss of power yeah. from big celebrities is definitely something they wanted to kind of and put forward for and, sure and, and we see it happening already we talk about it every episode but the drake album you know the drake fake ai album again or not how much just just um, all the main characteristic of an artist uh can be used reused and yeah and do you think phil any thoughts around that kind of artist losing power well i think it's I don't know. It feels up to them to just sign it away, but also mm -hmm. what, what are they signing and all of the the, the legal uh, legal thing that comes with it. I'm not super familiar with uh, with like IP commercialization and all that stuff, but uh, it does feel it. You know, with the Drake album, it could happen and so, so some stuff like that. Uh. Well, look, I um, if you're a very high budget movie, yeah, uh, you're gonna create like very, you know high you know high franchise type of movies um and you want a big kind of uh, creator into that right now there's only limited time from these creators to kind of do a lot of movies right so there's like a, a capped supply of top tier one actors airtime that you can get and basically every movie He's kind of bidding on that, you know. I want to take those max 24 hour in a day that uh, Matthew McConaughey has, uh, mm -hmm. and you know we're competing to get that. <clears throat> Now Matthew McConaughey AI's twin, you know, all exist, and then there's unlimited offering time from that creator, um, and so many movies could actually have like Matthew staring in them all together, all at once, uh, and as an as a creator. It, it, it becomes a dilemma. It's like, all right, I can I can make so much more money because I can do like five movies at once, But and I don't even need to work that much to actually do, do it. Do you make quite as much money? I don't I don't think so. Right? You Why? would basically sell your rights, right, to yeah. use your image. I, I mean, to me, that's something in the early days you could very well negotiate. Yeah, like it's the, the same. Standards. It's the same final product for you yeah. uh, as a movie maker. You True. have the exact exact that, same uh, thing. It's that or nothing. But Once someone starts to do that, if you're someone else and you don't want to do it, then it's hard. You know, it's hard for you to kind of resist because you're at a disadvantage versus that creator. Maybe Matthew McGonaghy now is going to say, okay, look, I'm 10% cheaper. Uh, and then it becomes interesting to get like Matthew versus like all the others because it's so big. Um, and then, you know, maybe a second artist does that and a third artist does that. And then it becomes really hard for an artist not to agree to do that. So there's kind of a market pressure that kind of comes. So I think it's a, it's a box that once it's open, it's really hard to kind of close it. And, and the obvious, like the unavoidable end result of that is a diminish, diminishment in like value. the value per hour of an actor kind of doing something. Totally. And, you know, uh, because you're not doing it yourself, think about like, uh, you know, your say on... I want to do this this scene or not. Like, you're not actually doing it. It's not you that has to go through that. So there's going to be more that could be asked, you know, from like those renders and just how far can it go? How far would it go? I think that's the question. Uh, like brought up and and that trade-off you, you've shared, like MIG is a great one. Like I think it's obviously like something they wanted to put forward. Uh, okay, cool, cool. Fail. Um, Uh, you yeah, have another one? maybe just one existential question. <laughs> How far are we from this? I was gonna mention that, but yeah, like on CG doubles, you know, it's already been done in in Star Wars. Like, a, a, I have like a trained eye, but I did spot like a, the CG double in in that movie. It was, but it was pretty pretty hard. You know, they already look super good, and also with the, the latest Unreal Engine meta humans, like it's starting to 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 be super super hard to spot. Yeah. I think we're closer from a technical standpoint than we are from an IP standpoint okay. and just like a traditional yeah. industry practice. Standpoint. But it is doable, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Which is a great transition maybe to the other big lesson from um, the episode, which is all the contracts <laughs> and terms and conditions that we sign without reading. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Like, uh, you know, consent and, and all these kind of things. The tracking. You know, yeah. She tries to sue the company, uh, Streamberry, 
<clears throat> but she can't because she agreed to the term of conditions yeah. of totally. basically having her own life kind she of doesn't, she doesn't even try she just gets told it's impossible yeah well the terms and conditions they're just so huge so big like it's unrealistic to expect people to kind of read them right uh, I think that becomes a broader question like does granting you know people the power to say I accept and I agree to something that even an armada of lawyers for two weeks couldn't like fully decipher. True. Is it really like a waving of, of rights? <laughs> um, I think this is something they wanted to kind of put forward in a pretty meaningful fashion. I think it's a, it's a real topic, uh, you know, granting consent and removing consent and understanding in a human readable way. Yeah. What you're agree. agreeing with is, is a challenge today online. I don't, I, I don't think it's solved in any way. I think it's getting, it has yeah. gone worse. Yeah. Uh, so it's not great. And uh, I think it was the most relatable part personally uh, for me. Like this is, this is the moment I really freaked out. <laughs> I was like, what? She yeah. signed the oh, rights yeah. just by subscribing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, <laughs> there's a, their next episode is on you, Meg. <laughs> you, know, <the laughs> you like, haven't seen <laughs> I wasn't ready I mean be careful she's a tech CEO <laughs> so you yeah. might be the next topic be I careful what you say on true. that podcast man <laughs> one Can thing I like uh, is how every new layer of content uh, is actually made uh, in an amplified fashion so mm-hmm. you have base layer She's nice and and she's okay looking, but then layer number one, uh, she's actually good looking. Uh, she's a bit meaner. Uh, her house is prettier, uh, and then layer above that, she's even prettier. She's even meaner. She's even more successful. Like the 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 question that comes from the, all of this is that you know with the AI representation of the same storyline you don't have the same thing all over again you basically have an amplified thing uh, all over again it seems that you know bias reinforce a bigger version of the story uh, at each layer of it Uh, everything gets magnified just like dramatized magnified like on social media basically where and and i think there's kind of two interesting takeaways from me from that is that what you do in your day only serves as an inspiration for what's going to be represented. You know, when you look at the difference between what we think as being the base layer all along and, and the top layer on top of that, they're taking pretty neutral action and making them look bad. Uh, but those are the same kind of base actions. So you can really create uh, narratives around around what you put up out there as content. Like the content gets distorted away in, in, in the way that's going to generate the most engagement. I guess totally. that's the point. Um, everything for engagement, I guess. And, and bias gets amplified at every layer of the way. And that to me brings up like a challenge of AI models being trained on top of AI models, uh, which is basically something that you're going to see, like AM, big AI models like, you know, ChatGPT uh, are trained on what's on the internet. And, you know, once a huge portion of what's on the internet has been created by ChatGPT, then it becomes kind of this recursive thing. Um, and and then, you know, you basically get um, amplified I want to say the filter bubble is what I want to say. The concept of filter bubble where you basically train, you know, build your opinions based on similar opinions. And then those opinions get polarized and and, and pushed to the extreme. I think every representation along the way of this movie, of this movie is what we've seen. Every layer was more, was a bigger representation of its base layer. Yeah. A good, very good example of this and how, more devil that we're trying to make the the character the more we were advancing through the layers is when the boyfriend finds out that she cheated um and he leaves the layer one the one that we see throughout most of the episode she's like don't leave me alone and then the next layer was like you know i cannot be alone 
though they're trying to paint her as this devil character yeah. who's like you know who's a psychopath yeah and that's crazy but those are yeah those right are, yeah. such an interesting way of like how a simple sentence transforming a simple <laughs> sentence changes yeah. the entire character yeah. and uh, who she is that's Very interesting true. I think it's in the the intentions of the the show or like the, the company you know at the end when when the that person gets interviewed and she gets asked like yeah why so negative yeah it's just because <gasps> uh, it, that's what sticks that's what gets the that's what the most the most views yeah the most engagement it makes me think about like yeah, the idea that tech isn't values neutral what i really like is well streamberry the company ha actually has the same logo as netflix right yeah, yeah. so they're actually painting themselves as the bad character <laughs> yeah. in that franchise uh do you think they chose it or it's like the black yeah, mirror sure. team that was that were they Come up with the episode, and Netflix was like, "Okay, we're gonna accept this one." I don't know. It's super similar to Netflix. It's like the same UI. It's the same. Literally, the same intro. Yeah, but it's the same. Like they work for Netflix, right? I know, it's, but I, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I read an article that like the writers were trying basically to play a bit with Netflix. I mean, the the bigger team, right? No. Because yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I can get that. Um, I, I still think there's something cool in the fact that it was a Netflix, you know, finance yeah, produced totally, show, totally. and that they yeah. they paint themselves as the bad character going for engagement above everything else um, that has, you know, the ultimate power above the yeah. kind of artist, as you've said. Um, I think that was an interesting kind of uh, play uh, that they, they, they put themselves in that, in that position. Um, <laughs> another key topic, I think just like bringing it, bringing it up again, uh, is just the one of like surveillance capitalism with mm -hmm. like this, craving for engagement basically how her his her ent entire day kind of captured right uh and being thrown on tv most likely from her cell phone the cameras of the city cell phones from others uh that's super interesting because there's like two takeaways i get from that the first one is obviously uh surveillance at scale to create content and then showing that content to people the second thing that i found interesting is Even though she sees that, she never thinks about getting rid of her phone. Right? Yeah. This is exactly what I was thinking during the episode. Why is she keeping the phone? Well, well, well why are you still using Facebook or yeah, are you true, still true. using all these products that you think, you know, might be infringing, like, your privacy? I think that's the broader question that comes from it. It's like, all right, there's surveillance capitalism and it's obvious where that comes from. But still, she's not acting on trying to remove the main source of information on her, perhaps, but because she's too tied to it. I think there's like a, a depiction of who us as a society yeah. Yeah, kind of that, yeah. screaming so around much. these things and, and showing the obvious negative aspect of it. But yet, we can't separate not from changing it. anything. Uh, I think that was kind of a cool thing. I, I, I think they wanted to do like a wink to that. Uh, wow. There are so many layers of yeah, they, lessons. Yeah, pretty well we cut learn. off. Uh, there's a yeah. bunch of others. Yeah. Uh, Another one that I liked was that um, they were saying that one of the critics, main critics of the episode is that the bad guy in the, in the episode is the computer and not necessarily the tech companies. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. They want to destroy the computer, but like, why are they attacking the computer when and literally the CEO is that. next? She's she's in the next room. She's there, but she's not being the target. It's the computer that it's bad. It's the computer, and that's yeah. the computer that's generating the movies. Yeah. And, oh, wow. And when, when she says, it's a quantum computer, it's magic, almost depicting that she has no technical understanding of, <laughs> you know, how... <laughs> How it works. Yeah. Yeah. But truly, that's Sorry. crazy because I, I miss that completely. But the bad character is the, compu it's the, is the tool. It's not the person. Uh, wow. W which is obviously wrong, right? Yeah, uh, so wrong. Well, the it's tool like, amplifies like the, the values of the, the person in power or the, the company. Like without bad intentions, the, the computer would never do something bad. Like you need that, uh, you need that, that, uh, that initial source of, uh, you know, bad well, intentions. Well, do you really? Because what the computer is trying to optimize for is engagement, right? Not destroying yeah. anyone's life. Like the, I think that's the whole thing with like alignment and aligning model to make sure that you're not doing anything bad by optimizing for the wrong metric. And I think that's actually one of the main 
fears around AI models uh, that a lot of people have is, are we going to optimize, you know, for the wrong thing? Is the model, you know, improve, improve um, the environment on planet Earth? And the mm. next thing you do is you kill all humans because that's the best way to improve <laughs> the environment on planet Earth. You know, you, you, be, be very careful what you ask for. Uh, and in that case, you know, the quantum computer was just asked, improve engagement, and yeah, then it destroyed someone's kinda, life to do that. innocent in that sense. Yeah, and who's guilty? I mean, it seems from the way the movie was created that the computer is guilty, which obviously it is not because as you use tools, you need to have safeguard and rails in place so that you respect the law. Yeah. It seems like they respected the law, but you know, in the real world, this obviously would not fly, but this is kind of a real challenge, which is, uh, you know, how do you make sure you build safe tools? Yeah. Uh, but it's great because they did represented the tool as being the one yeah, created yeah. everything and being in, in charge of everything. Exactly. Yeah, but I think on the surface level, also if you don't go deep into these questions and you just like yeah, start chatting with your neighbor about that show, you're not going to paint a good picture of AI. I, uh, mm-hmm. You think like the, that this show, like just watch like uh, lightly, just paints a bad reputation to, to this tech? That's yeah, interesting. yeah, for sure. Well, for sure. Why? Because they wanted to get engagement. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's true. Yeah. Like we were actually talking about this with uh, with you guys. Like uh, I, I don't think you were there, but with like PL and you make. Yeah. It's like I I, I was in my car yesterday mm-hmm. uh, and didn't have any battery in my phone, so I started to listen to the radio, which I never do. I, I always listen to music or pods. Um, and I swear, I put the radio on, and it's only bad news. Like back to back to back. For like 10 minutes, you know, this person died, this person's sick, this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. robbery. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, what is going on? I mean, is there like someone who agreed that all the news reporting is going to be focused on the worst stuff that's happening in the world? And I understand the need to report, you know, what's going on in the world. Yeah. But there's a tons of great things that are happening. And I don't really think that knowing that someone, you know, died and for that's unfortunate, obviously, but does it change anything for for my specific day? Would I search for that myself if the content wasn't mm-hmm. kind of actually pushed to me? Do we think we have a duty that everyone needs to be aware when whenever something really bad's happened? Like it's a societal duty to be aware of that. I don't think we're in a place as a society where we disregard all the bad stuff happening in the world. Like everyone's living in a pink bubble as if everything was going great. Yeah, I was just wondering why is your content that's so horrible being pushed up to me? And the obvious answer is like engagement. engagement. Like this is what gets people emotionally yeah. engaged. And, I just thought it was like it was a bad experience listening to that content. Yeah. I'm not trying to hide myself from anything bad happening in the world. I'm very aware of tons of yeah. lots of bad yeah. things happening in the world. Actually, lots of things that are not discussed on that specific channel. But the fact that this channel is so focused on all the bad and like a general media I couldn't team, agree with you more. I, yeah. I, I felt was kind of weird, like I, weird choice of content. I totally agree with you more. And one of the effects of this that I see is that sometimes I scroll on TikTok and like I'm watching super lighthearted content, three, four, five, six videos. And then the seventh video is going to be something Obviously, they know me thanks to to the algorithm that I'm really, really mad at, you know, so they're going to push content that I'm like literally against. And I always ask the question, why are they doing that all the time? Like, it seems like they're trying to trigger my emotion. The good thing is that since we are aware of this, we can escape it. So if I see a video about something that I totally disagree with, I'm just going to pass it very quickly. But I do see that as a um, recurrent pattern on social media in general. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Radio is honestly the worst because I think the demographics that listen to radio is a different demographics. Maybe they, they need even more yeah. uh, drama yeah. to yeah. get engaged. Yeah. Yeah. We probably as a generation, millennials are looking for something a bit lighter. But um, radio is kind of uh, it's kind of shocking. 
Uh, so I was telling Joe, I, I, I had the same experience two months ago. Got in my car and like mm-hmm. only crime story and in local crime. So they're really trying to freak you like out. Like in his own house. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Literally like... This morning, two, this morning, two kilometers away it was from my his, house. his own crime. <laughs> no. But uh, to get back to your point, like, Phil, yeah, I think they depicted like a bad image of AI. Um, you don't le- leave that show inspired. I don't, no. I, I, I don't, don't think there, no, yeah, yeah. Um, there were also, I think, uh, were they playing on the reality show team as well? Like, I uh, like that. People being entertained by real humans. Oh, my yeah. God, I love that. I love that. Yeah, vlogging also, you know, vlogging type for of sure. content for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I was thinking, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you, do you think that people would actually enjoy watching somebody who nobody knows life? Like literally regular, regular person. Do you think this is what is hitting the spot? Only if it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like movies with like fictive personas. Yeah. There's a ton, right? And series with fic- like shows with fictive personas. There's a lot. Right? Yeah. But I think when, when yes, <coughs> but one of the things that reality show does, yeah, which was depicted in that, I believe, is that everyone has a strong opinion on it. Uh, mm, and, true. And because it was her, the character, when she was working in her life, there was really no one indifferent to it. Everyone seemed to have like a very strong opinion. Uh, and I think that's one of the things reality show does that they depicted really well is that when, when those are real humans living, it and that personas... We judge. We, we judge a lot. Uh, so true. And I think that that was kind of amplified into that. So interesting. <laughs> What a great point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I did think, okay, maybe bad for me, but I did think as somebody who like did a bit of vlogging, it would be cool to have a more organic way of recording content. And I was like, oh, it's interesting that ah. AI can translate everything that you're living. So you don't have to think of the creative process, but it would yeah. basically be so nice. Obviously with my agreement on this and my approval, but I did think, it's kind of cool to add more layers to the story. But then again, it it, it, it goes back to the question of where is my creative process? No, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, but I think like... You love cameras, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so as, like, as raw content, like no lives would be like that interesting. Do you agree with that? Like uh, let's say I just want to start a vlog about what I'm doing with my life. If I just record it and put it out there, I don't think... People would watch it. It's how it's cut together. It's how it progresses through the day. And no matter what, if you decide, okay, today I'm gonna record this day, it's gonna, it's not gonna be like a a hundred percent pure day. Like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna plan ahead and say, I'm gonna eat this at this hour. It's gonna for this reason. And yeah, I think there's uh, some stuff going there. I I, like million percent agree with you too. Um, I don't think the like the. The full output is interesting, but I think having it is great because then you can start to play with it uh, yeah. and, and, and yeah. do your editing. Like it's the base data you can use. And to also one of the hard thing in the age of the Internet was to be everything at the same time. We talked about it, right? When you, you were a musician in the 2010s, for example, you had to be everything. You have to be the producer. You have to be the uh, sound engineer. You have to run the The marketer. It's so yeah. much work. I think it's still great when AI can help you be better at what you do best. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not saying that I totally, totally agree with it because I still love the camera action of it. But my favorite part is to say silly things on video, uh, right? Uh, like, look, like, you know, we're doing this pod. We need like two cameras. We have like three mics. We have like a big light. Obviously, if we can get like the same content without like having to do all of this, we will do it. You're saying you like the craft of it. Well, people, when automatic cars came, they were like, oh, I really like to drive my manual car. Well, yeah. th- guess what? There's almost no manual car on the roads and there will be like no manual car on the roads unless a very small fraction of it in like 10, 15 years. N- I'm not saying there's not going to be photographers and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, I think there will be. Uh, what I'm saying is if there would be a cool way for you to record like the visuals, audio uh, of your day, have that 
in a base kind of big data file and and you can go a database and you can go and pull up stuff that that's cool stuff that's a cool thing to have like that's a nice yeah. thing to have I, i think that's you know when you're saying obviously they this depicted like bad aspects of ai but that's a cool aspect uh which is not really i guess it's not really ai it's more like data capture yeah uh and then you can do what you want with that data But yeah, I mean, yeah, it might be AI because you don't have all the scenes, you don't have all the angles, and then the AI can give you like more of it, yeah, uh, based on like the. I think it's uh, in, in, What do you think? In, in that sense, like, yeah, no matter what's your craft, the 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 end goal would be to to get closer to it with AI and not further. Like, exactly. if you if you want to do like the the video thing or the music, like you're gonna outsource everything to AI, but you're gonna focus on that thing. If it's grabbing the camera and actually filming stuff, it's gonna be that. That's gonna be like the the source uh-huh that's, there's that's yeah. a bit of an hypothesis but uh, yeah then there's one last piece i wanted yeah. to kind of bring up on like the episode in itself uh which i i thought was like an interesting philosophical question it was when she was about to destroy the quantum computer and like then break the other like uh, top level the ceo said do you want to have all that blood on your end uh when she talked about uh basically <laughs> destroying the fictive personas uh, created by AI, right? And so is it really blood, right? She said, define blood, please. <laughs> um, makes me, makes me, takes me back to our last week's conversation about <laughs> the digital. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there's like one million companies right now making you able to create like AI twins of yourself, right? And we talked about that. Like once you have like that AI twin of yourself, capturing data from like your phone but also like perhaps a purpose-built ha- hardware or, or something like that then you basically have that for you but you can have it for generation to come and if i was able to have a discussion today with like uh the ai twin of uh you know uh da vinci or like albert einstein wouldn't that be great right but would it really be like that? so that like this whole notion of if you If if some if we had like instead of pushing it like forward, let's bring like the dilemma to today. If there was in this phone like the only version of Albert Einstein's, you know, AI, like it's 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 saved on the device, its whole life. Nah, nah, nah. If someone breaks that phone, did they just broke a phone or did they kill like the memories of of Einstein? Is there like a broader prosecution that needs to be done there? Um, I don't know, right? I don't know. Uh, and um, I, I obviously I think so because that's like a, a valuable file. Yeah. But what I mean is that there's no blood, right? There's no blood. There's just archives uh, that are being burned. Uh, but that question, you know, comes in Andy when she says, you know, there's going to be blood in your end. Yeah. Also comes with the capacity. Oh, oh man, we didn't talk about that fact, but it really seems like the top layers are able of having emotions, right? Yeah. You do sense that they are living and, you know, coming to their own realization that they don't have any free will. <clears throat> like you see that, you see the machine, you see the AI taking awareness of his lack of free will in that scenario and, and being sad because of it. Um, <clears throat> and so machines can feel emotion, yeah. it seems, from that kind of movie. And even at the end, you realize that she doesn't have any control. Like when she, she's about to swing the axe and mm-hmm. she just tells like, oh, no, the, the, the real... Uh, John sh- shows it. Yeah, yeah the yeah. real John is doing it. it Because it's, I'm it's just happen- living it, her day. Yeah, it's happening now. Then she swings it. Yeah. <sighs> so... Uh, So yeah, do Whoa. do do hey I have emotions and <laughs> you know uh, that's like a, a bites or bites or bloods. Bite bites or bloods. Uh, so how, how do you, um, bits and anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Atoms and bits, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we, we chatted a lot. I think it's uh, it's an episode that uh, makes people think, think about a lot of things, a lot of things that we discussed on this podcast. It's great that we kind of discussed about it. Yeah. We already kind of passed one hour for this yeah. episode. Talked about True. a nice tech, runway ML, check it up. Talk about a very cool artist. Yeah. Get it. A great get it. Got it. 